Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. short rest. Oh, I see. They said you'd be showing up about now. Come on, through the portal. Best not keep the Lord Mistress and Lord Master waiting. You know how they get. Robots Radio presents the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. The best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons and Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. And we are continuing our Hotter Than the Nine Hells series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's summertime, and it's getting hot. It's, it's gross. I it's hate it. pretty it's disgusting. Worst. I wonder if there's, you know, probably um, those places that are always, like, really nice. Like, you know, like the California beaches or, like, Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. trying to think of, like, if, there is an, if there's a place, like, in the middle of summer that's actually, like, nice to be in. Probably Colorado. Oh yeah, for sure, Colorado. I have a uh, I have a very good friend who lives right uh, right outside of Denver, and he sent me a picture mm. of um him hiking, and it was one of the most majestic things I've ever seen. Oddly enough, I have a friend that lives in the same general vicinity. Do we have the same friend? I don't think so. It might be it's a small yeah. world. It is a small world. You know what isn't majestic though? The nine hells. Oh, I don't know. It's pretty impressive. I mean, what's what's the uh what's the definition of majestic? I mean, what's oh. uh I mean, it's the... I I assume there's a variation on majestic kind of like the word awesome cuz like, you know, we mean like, oh, it's awesome, but also to inspire <laughs> like to inspire awe, oh. you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, it gives you some awesome, awe. Bro. Uh oh, Michelangelo's David so awesome. Right, um, so majestic having or showing impressive beauty or dignity i mean um, uh magnificent implies an impressive largeness proportionate to scale without sacrifice of dignity or good taste i would say that um by most <laughs> definitions the nine hells would not be majestic i love that as you're describing the nine hells as potentially majestic there is actual lightning and thunder happening above me as though the entirety of the multiverse is like excuse me no absolutely not no absolutely not so yeah we're going to continue our uh our our deep dive into the nine hells um not as deep as the last 
elevator uh, ride. Exactly. And like, and you would think like, oh, we start with one, then two, and then go all the way to nine. No, we're weird and we like to no. roll dice. And so it, this was completely yeah. randomized. Yeah. Sergio hit that like the little red button that you're not supposed to push in any of the vehicles ever in anything. I Don't did. push the red button. You know what's going to happen. And he did. And here we are. Uh, okay. In the second week of our series, covering the fourth plane <laughs> of the nine yes. hells. He's jumping back up just a little bit. Just <laughs> so, a little bit. Mary, what what can you tell us about the fourth plane of the nine hells? Well, the name of the fourth plane of the nine hells sounds like a sneeze to me. And I can't not hear Phlegethos as a... Uh, Bless you. Exactly. The fourth plane of the Nine Hells is ruled by Belial. It is a tortured realm of volcanoes, scouting fires, hills of ash, and pits of smoking dung. Uh, the ground is un always uncomfortably hot. Most intruders are constantly on the move and well patrolled by uh, groups of barbed devils. Ground tremors are common, and a sudden violent eruption or the opening of a fissure in the earth is not unusual. The sky is a dark, starless void, but the landscape is weirdly lit by leaping flames all about. There are uh, rivers of liquid fire and at least two large lakes. All bodies of liquid are interconnected, and there the flames burn the brightest. Now, this is the description, the original description, I believe, of Phlegethos from Dragon Magazine number 75. This was published... Almost 40 years ago. Like next month, it'll be 40 years. So July of 83. I was going to say, it sounds like very <clears throat> like stereotypical hell. Like what, yeah. what we, what uh, like a lot of folks, when they think of hell, this is kind of what mm -hmm. they're like, you know, like uh, volcanoes and fire and right. Uh, this is smoking, the place that's smoking the poop, place. apparently. Yeah, there's literal piles of smoking crap everywhere. I mean, it is hell. Yeah, I yeah, I, I would I would guess uh I would guess the yeah, the smell probably wouldn't be pleasant. Oh, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> no. I would imagine not. No. Um so it is it is in fact the place like the place that we think of when we envision hell. Fire, basalt, torture and sin, pain and pleasure, fiery landscapes, you know, with lakes and rivers and seas of magma, you know, that are brewing these these hurricanes of the flaming winds like thick choking smoke pyroclastic ash just hanging thickly in the air it's not pleasant it's the walk from um my front door to my vehicle in the hottest part of summer oh i'm man. pretty sure that's what that feels like it's the um it's the putting on like touching the metal of your seatbelt, mm -hmm. the metal part mm -hmm. of your seatbelt to like bare skin uh-huh or like, when you open the door for the first time at the end of the day oh yeah and just like you that you have to step back real quick it sound it feels like <laughs> uh, like a horde of like heat devils are like leaving mm -hmm. like your your car like, yeah Whoa! absolutely yeah and yeah they're finally escaping from the unknown there so what else what else can you tell us about about this very lovely place oh gosh it's just it's the most pleasant um there's only one known settlement that graces the literal the literal hellscape here. Uh, it's the city of Abramok. So, oh, and, so you're, you're saying like you know, there's no like suburban sprawl going on in in the fourth no, plane of hell. No, it's just it's it's really hard um to sell property 
uh, in Flagethos. I'm just, I'm just saying it's difficult. The real estate business there, not great. Not great. Um, it is also the second most traveled layer of the hills, aside from um from Avernus, I believe. So this is um this layer is ruled by a ruling pair, the Archduke Belial and the Lady Fierna, um, who have their seat of power in the only um like you know within Abermach, the only city here. That's kind of also... I was gonna say it's pretty rare, right? Yes, yes. This is the only pair that Asmodeus allows to rule in tandem. So there's a little bit more going on here on this plane than there are on some, or on this, I keep wanting to call it a plane. And I've done that so many times, writing and typing. It's absurd, and I apologize for the number of times you're going to hear me do that. <clears throat> but, yes, they are allowed to rule here in tandem because it's kind of a Kind of a busy place. So it's it's this layer of Bator that we find. Uh, we also find the Jealous Heart, which is the realm of Inanna, which is one of the two goddesses of love and war from the Untheric pantheon. And though that is kind of like the only area that's not what is quite as like hot as everywhere else, um, but it's it is almost reasonable. It's almost reasonable, but the kind of a downside is that it's just this massive field of rivers of blood and of uh, like fields of crimson dust. Uh, well, so I mean, you can't have it all. You win some, or, you lose some. Right. It's, you might it's get a not break as hot, from the but heat. you will have to deal with the rivers of blood. Right. And the um, intense desire for, you know, war that kind of builds up within anybody that visits there or or lives there it just kind of makes you violent being there i mean also a downside i could definitely imagine that just like being being that hot all the time you know tempers mm -hmm. will rise tempers will flare oh absolutely absolutely you see it all the time in the summertime in the news is that is that accurate or is that just like sort of like a you know, like an old wives' tale. Oh, I have no idea. I'm sure some old wives have talked about it. Some old wives. Confirm nor deny. <laughs> this is also um, the layer of hell where you will find the diabolical court or the court infernal, um, which just, I, I want to watch that show. I want to watch Demon Court. I'm just, I'm throwing it out there. Yeah, like <laughs> the a diabolical like court. A... Like a smart, you know, smart mouth uh, judge. Uh huh. Uh huh. With a uh, like wisecracking bailiff. <laughs> like mm -hmm. a, they're back and forth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that wisecracking judge here a little later. There's a little teaser for you. Um. So it's also on this plane that devils are either promoted or demoted within the fires of the pit of flames, which is kind of the tamest thing that happens here yeah i was gonna say like if if that's the least wild thing it's like then hr this, yeah this place <laughs> is like pretty wild oh gosh yeah so we'll get into the atmosphere and the geography of the fourth layer and then talk about those that live here all right all right so <laughs> in the one of the sources that i pulled from 
I love this quote and I needed to share it, as we often do. Searching for the flames of hell, look no further than the lair of Phlegethos, where the air ripples with heat distortion. The lakes and rivers with, run with bubbling molten lava and jets of flames spout from a million fissures in the red-hot crystalline earth. That's not really the, like, you know, the tourist cell that they think it is. It sure does sound like it the way it's written, though. A little bit, it. yeah. <laughs> the air itself here is, like, actually literally on fire. Um, it's not just like, oh, it's so hot, it feels like I'm burning. No, no, no. Um, it's actually flaming. And these flames are somewhat sentient. They oh, judge geez. whether you're worthy or not to be there at all, and if you're even supposed to be there. So if you're not, you know, they wrap themselves around you and uh, burn away your flesh and stuff until you're literally nothing. So this lair has its own, like, fire air security system. Mm -hmm. Built in. Like this AI fire air <laughs> That's security. That's what it felt like to me, too. Mm -hmm. Which is okay that's all right it sounds fantastic. sounds like something like we'll probably see in our lifetime oh i'm sure i think so but unlike the other layers of bator the fourth layer is one of the only ones that is not elementally balanced so it is more closely like it more closely resembles the elemental plane of fire than just a in regular plane um fire is definitely a dominant trait here so even considering coming here like if you're even planning on visiting um you're gonna need to be immune to fire or like at, at least, least resistant yeah, and real, sure. real 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 lucky like yeah like one or the other and also lucky just being and one also, of the two like yeah you're not gonna be able to do that yeah it's a it's a hot mess Oh, there we go. The hot mess. Come and see us. That's, so the, uh, that would be like your um, that's just roadside I, diner. That's, yeah, that's just me as a person. That's just, that's just me. When it says over my front door, it's a hot mess. Come see us. So let's talk about um, Abramont, the or aka the Mount of Leaping Flames. This is the only known city on Phlegethos and it is where the fourth layer is also ruled from. It was built into the bowl of a great volcano, which I will stop here and say, I know that you probably would like to know whether that's an active or, you know, full volcano. Um, and I'll fill you in on its status, you see. That's <laughs> all last... I've wanted to know is, it is, is this volcano active? Is it active? Does it? has um so in the last 40 or so years uh like irl the volcano has changed quite a bit um initially in dragon magazine 75 it was a dead inactive volcano you know completely hollowed out just there for show just there for show in the plains of law uh bator there's a it says that there are occasional eruptions while in the guide to hell the volcano is fully active and in the fiendish codex it is not only active, but it is also full of magma. So 
you can see your volcano as half full, half empty, <laughs> actively spewing ash, magma, and terror on those around it. Like, however you want it to be, go for it. And I tried so hard to resist making Dr. Evil jokes. I do appreciate While that. I was, you're welcome. But it, it is a secret volcano lair. Just just saying i just i'm gonna uh, throw it out there Tiny yeah little. i like how yeah <clears throat> as time passed it just became more and more powerful yeah it's just like well it used to be a volcano well maybe it's kind of a volcano well maybe some of the magma hung around a little bit and it blows up a little more what if there's both and all of it and it's exploding i love it by fifth edition it's like it's it can also turn into voltron <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a spell jammer and it's a spell jammer. Oh, that would be a, a volcano spell Flaming jammer. Would be volcano awesome. spell jammer that shows up just to end planets and civilizations. That's its purpose. More tactics. So like I said it's it's not <laughs> Abramok doesn't really sound pleasant. Um, but regardless of which edition you're going with, it's definitely in a volcano. So that's that part we know like yeah um, like regard it doesn't matter how powerful the volcano is mm-hmm, or isn't mm-hmm. there is a volcano abramok the is there. located there mm-hmm, like, and you, it's mm-hmm. up to you it's up to the you know the dm or the players or whoever like to, to right to figure out you know kind of sounds like it filled details. up over time to me but that's you know that's my anyway mountainous walls um, of this city are built of hardened or hardening magma, crystal, and obsidian. Um, It is a series of tunnels, caverns, stairs, and shafts that are pretty much impossible to count because they are just all over the damn place. Uh, They're arranged in tiers of chambers as well. Um, All of these open to a central shaft, kind of like balconies, have like a central tube and all these balconies open out so you can see down to the inside i guess towards the inside of the bowl there there's a winding path that wraps its way um around that and kind of like winds up spiraling its way all the way up around the outside of it some of these like tunnels and caverns etc also open uh, up to the outer walls of abramoth and atop of the edge of this boiling crater are these dark basalt towers that like reach up with these big black spires up and like up into this dark starless void above them and it's just the center of this cauldron has the city rising up out of this like molten depths and it's like playing the worst game of the floor is lava but it's on eternity mode yeah you can never stop like this isn't fun anymore like we don't care you're gonna keep playing we don't care these you know the little the parts of the city just kind of protrude up out of this like islands and it's just rivers and lakes of you know well burning all around you so it is basically impossible to travel here on foot um travelers would need to rent uh, a gondola which is made from batorian green steel apparently this is able to travel in the lava without you know without disintegrating or melting etc uh, these are operated by barbazus or bearded devils who are aptly named i had to look i looked up so 
many types of devils researching this and it makes my heart <laughs> so happy to know that there are so many kinds um so bearded devils are very aptly named their facial hair is a uh, very lovely perfectly manicured set of venomous tendrils um they're also described as impulsively belligerent or as it was put by volo many a summoner has met a beard snarled end after forgetting the steward of a was a tempest of infernal rage <clears throat> Let Barbazu be a warning, dear readers. Don't turn your back on evil. I mean, if you're ever going to listen to Volo about anything, probably listen to that. He knows a thing or two because he's seen a thing or two. So you should probably tread cautiously if you happen to be permitted to be there and the air doesn't, you know incinerate you instantly etc right if, if the ai fire air deems you right. worthy of being right. there code veronica situation so while the mountain itself in abramok does kind of provide a little bit of a little bit of protection here and there from you know the flames and the boiling magma and the air um, some parts of the city are absolutely just completely openly exposed to it. Um, but this city, though, <clears throat> this is the place in the Nine Hells that offers any pleasure a devil may desire to indulge in. It's a place filled with decadence of sin. There's theaters, casinos, taverns, and any other form of entertainment venues um, that you could imagine. They're all here. It absolutely researching this gave me the vibes of um the bar from dusk till dawn that, oh yeah okay so it's it's this plane or this this sorry this layer is directed by quentin tarantino yeah yeah it kind of feels yeah i could see that's that, the vibe instead I keep of getting instead of vampires it's devils mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and instead of cheech marin you get uh i don't know um incinerated but, but it's like fire ai fire air AI fire so it's here that most of the weapons and armor trade of bator happen uh, this is overseen by i'm assuming shamo or chamo or camo you can choose um whose job it is it's his job to make sure that the city their job to make sure that the city's economics are healthy and thriving essentially um, Abermuck is also where devices called Shrivers are created exclusively. These things sound absolutely horrendous. And I want to apologize in advance to my players. Because they're going to show up in the game. It already exists. I just didn't know the name for it until now. So what are they? These are a sophisticated torture device. It is made of uh, Batorian green steel and powered magically. They are found and used on the top eight layers of hell, but are only made here. They're used to tear apart bodies and souls of unfortunate victims. They are primarily used to, and I quote, render souls into soul material. Soul goo. Soul goop which was then turned into proto-lemures, and then it further escalated from there, which are kind of 
amalgams of tortured and broken and messed up souls kind of thrown together. Sounds like something that uh, Alices, who we discussed in the Patron Plus installment, for might have our, had a hand in. Yeah, our last episode. I, I'm not sure. I will say this. I do not know for sure, but I am very intrigued and it's going to get researched further on me own time for personal reasons. Again, I would like to apologize. Just for personal R&R. Does the Mr. Burns hand thing. Excellent. This is also a layer of hell where we find the diabolical court or the infernal court. This is a um, independent institution. Um, that is overseen by Belial and is devoted to settling disputes among devils. The court's main focus is cases that involve demons that don't share the same chain of command. Um, those within the same hierarchy usually have their disputes settled by their bosses. Um, again, I would watch this show. I mean, if so, we're supposedly getting a um, free ad supported D D television channel, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so they're they're gonna need content aside from, you know, actual I will plays. absolutely one hundred percent pitch Demon Court after you like, this yeah, like, episode is released and then I will pitch it so that we know where it came from. Like a like a scripted mm-hmm. uh like fifteen minute like mm-hmm. adult swim esque yep either live action or animated demon court mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this has legs it. for sure. I'm here and horns. for it. Right. So this is also the place where a party who feels like they've gotten kind of like the raw end of the you know the raw deal can appeal to the court about the contract laying out the terms between master and servant. But that's a far more rare occurrence than the first one. This also hold on, was... hold on. Before I want to know. Like, what kind of deal is such that a devil's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you can't just do that. That's not fair. That's not cool. I love that this is the most moral part of hell, but also the most debaucherous. Like, that's, I mean, like, yeah, what, like, what kind of agreement, what kind of contract is such that that Hey, no, I got, I got, I got really screwed over by this other demon like like this is what he said this is what happened well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't and... be demon court it would be devil court devil court excuse yeah. me devil court <laughs> but yeah or just or, yeah it, a diabolic uh diabolical court uh yeah. thursdays yeah that's what i'm, on, I'm saying on D&D, I, on the channel. I would watch it i would watch it it'd be that mid-afternoon block that the kids stay home and watch uh, you know when they're 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 sick at home from school that you sit at home and watch here uh, on the couch next to mom instead of soap operas. I don't think that this show <laughs> would be appropriate for children. Oh well, I mean, I guess yeah, you're probably right. Like depends on the, the kids. The kids can watch the old D and D cartoon. Oh okay, okay. And then so... when you know when it's time for them to go off the bed, you know the adults can stay up oh, and watch. Y'all Dive better be quiet. I'm, mama's watching her stories. Got it. Kind of thing that gets you smacked with a fly swatter if you don't listen. (laughs) Others that could appeal to the court here were souls that felt they were wrongly condemned. Um, 
they could do this according to the terms of the Pact Primeval, which then then you get all those lawyer commercials. I, I, and again, I just... Were you I'm, wrongfully condemned? <laughs> Has this ever happened to you? Has this happened to you? Uh, I'm also wondering, like, how any of these like aren't completely like laughed out how like this how like some guy like like me is like oh yeah like i got i was wrongfully condemned this does devil trick me how the you know the the diabolical court judge isn't like shut up like charge case dismissed well they are a plane of law i mean True. it True. is it's, it's one of those things it's lawful evil, but it is lawful. It is very, very lawful evil. I still love it. Fair enough. So presiding over these courts, your sassy judge, sassy judge. Charmaine, was a corpulent Hilarion <clears throat> who is extremely detail-oriented and is known to absolutely destroy any arguments that they deem to be frivolous. Oh man, so we've got we've got like a hard nose judge here yeah a no bs type right right don't uh-huh. don't uh was it judge judy that was like that or was there i, I feel like there was an even like more hard-nosed judge i am judge. i am i'm really reluctant to compare anybody to them purely based on the physical description you're about to receive uh well i mean not just uh yeah not, not physically but yeah, the added, that that aspect yes very much but very, I, very, I, the phrase much. don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining comes to mind. <laughs> and that might be Judge Judy. I love that phrase. So I did look again this up as well. Um, the Pelirian is also called a corruption devil. They're okay. a uh, grotesque, twisted and befouled version of um, the feminine body archetype. Standing approximately 16 to 20 feet tall and weighing in at approximately 4,000 pounds or 1,800 kilograms. It's a very large devil. They are. They have bat-like wings and their bodies are wider than they are tall. Oh, gee. You just said they were 16 to 20 feet tall. So They are a huge, uh, yeah. Yeah, their uh, pink and green wart-covered flesh is bloated and distended, with their massive midsections drooping, like, way out and of their black robes and down way past their waists. Uh, their face features a wide, sharp-toothed grin with what appears to be bright red lipstick, and uh, around the eyes looks a lot like the heavy 1980s blue eyeshadow. Um, fingers are tipped in uh, nails that match these lips or claws really that uh, grow at will and can do so extremely quickly so I suggest you look them up I mean you know just give them a little uh, give the old google image search that's um I mean I still like that that to me actually helps the cause to make this show because that's very it's a very evocative image mm-hmm. i mean it oh, might yeah. not it might not be pretty to look at but i guess I, I keep thinking adult swim when yeah 
when uh, I'm thinking this, like the sort of thing you'd like, you know, like your C-Lab 2021s and and your Aqua Teen Hunger Forces. Oh, wow. So I'll, I'll tell you what, Mary, we're going to continue workshopping our mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Diabolical Court team right, show. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to take the show to the middle of part of it, middle part of the show, and we're, we'll also talk about the, the 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 homebrew stuff and the news stuff and thank and the, the patron stuff, stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll come back. How does that it's sound? All that good stuff. That sounds awesome. Give my poor little brain a moment. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where we uh, do a little bit of housekeeping. Mm-hmm. We uh, thank mm-hmm. the patrons. We discuss any recent D&D news mm-hmm. and also get into some D&D homebrew. Woohoo! We love so, some homebrew. First and foremost, let's thank our patrons and a special shout out to our newest patron, uh, the one and the only Jeff Steele. Uh, thank you so much for signing yes. up on patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. You will have access to all the all the good stuff, all the bonus content, the Patreon Plus installments, the bonus mm-hmm, episodes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, early ad-free episodes, yep. uh, merch. In fact, uh, one of our patrons, uh, the the great Text 10 star, was just talking about how they received a DD Lorecast t-shirt in the mail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. And if you also want to join in on all those reindeer games. Like I said, patreon.com slash DD Lorecast. We have tiers as low as five bucks a month to uh, show your support for the show and also get some cool stuff in return. Oh, heck yeah. And how else can they uh, support the show, Mary? Oh, gosh. Uh, You can uh, tell your friends about us, share us, share us everywhere. Go to your whatever app you're listening to us on and rate us on there. And then. Go rate us on the other apps that you don't listen to us on too. If you, you know, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'm not going to judge. I'm totally not... game the system. Yeah. Game the system. No. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm here. I mean, you know, they should all know. Uh, you can, you can find us on almost all of the social medias at DND Lorecast. We're on Twitter and we're doing tic tac talk thingies and, and, and Instagrams and, all over the place uh, we also have our own discord in addition to our long-standing and still existing channel in the robots radio network discord um, we just had to throw on some more rooms so we could fit all of these travelers yeah we had to we had to expand we had we're had growing expand. yeah like say, uh, we, tower. Can... we are everywhere find us uh, on social medias interact with us there on the discord um mm-hmm. yeah any 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 and all support is is greatly appreciated it is and as far as D news goes well uh there's a new D documentary called adventure never ends um it is from uh, time studio like time magazine time studios um you can uh see it on its youtube channel we'll have a link to the um Ooh. we'll link in the show notes to it uh you can oh, watch the it. whole thing it's you don't need to subscribe to anything uh it's completely free and it's uh like about 40 minutes long a little, little less than 40 minutes oh awesome and so um yeah from from this article that i'm reading and uh it says it shows the rpg's emergence comma makes you cry so oh perfect i am always ready to cry so i'm 
a step ahead. Uh, additionally, for some more good news, like we talked about how uh, the finances, the financial report for the D&D movie, like the box office report, wasn't mm-hmm. exactly ideal to secure a sequel. And it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean a sequel won't be made, but uh, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle to do so. Yeah. Um, however, mm-hmm. Honor Among Thieves has been a hit on the streaming uh, service, Paramount Plus, since it's debuted last month. I was- kind of wondering about that about what the numbers would look like after those of us that don't do public don't do theaters got to sit in the privacy of our own homes i wondered how the numbers were going to look no yeah it's um it says here that there's a is a whip media is i guess who tracks the uh like the streaming movies like you know ranks them oh, okay. uh, and it says that um paramount plus has now topped with uh, D&D Honor Among Thieves, has now topped their ranker three times since the start of April. And that's second only to Netflix. Uh, so it's been that a is, hit on streaming. And like I said, like it's, it's great that the movie was good. Because if it was, and that it had mass appeal, like I said, I went and saw it with my two tween girls and who have showed no interest whatsoever right. in playing D&D with me. Uh, I mean, they absolutely know it exists because I never stopped talking about it. Right. Um, but they just they have, they don't want to play. But they both loved the movie. They thought it was great. Yeah, absolutely. Mine have uh, popped in and out while I was watching it. And they're like, oh, I'm going to need to watch that from the beginning. I'm going to leave so I can watch it by myself later. Stuff like that. So they're pretty on board in our house, too. It's, it's definitely uh, becoming part of the regular rotation for me. Yeah, and so it's, you know, that sort of mass general appeal uh mm-hmm. and word of mouth you know folks will say like you know well you know someone will ask like hey have you seen that is it any good like yeah actually it's a lot of fun and then they'll watch it and yeah. it was great even in if you that... were not like into into D D, it's a solid movie regardless no like, yeah it's still a lot of, of fun hobby. exactly so. that's the thing they didn't make it like too niche like it, they're definitely like there's definitely some fan service moments some easter eggs yeah but for the most part like i said like you can be a complete neophyte 2D&D, mm-hmm. watch the movie, and still enjoy it. And moving on to Homebrew, well, like we said in the Nessus episode, we're going yep. to be highlighting the same title uh, as we go through uh, our Nine uh, Hells series, our Hotter Than mm-hmm. a Nine Hells series. We have Hellbound Heists. These are mm-hmm. nine layers of hell, nine heists, and I mean, it's just you know, a, a heist for each layer, like a different adventure for each layer. I love it. You know, and so if you want to uh, do them all in order, like a campaign uh, in a way that makes sense, uh, by all means, do so. If you want to jump around like a bunch of murder hobos, like a certain lore master and lore mistress that you may know. You want to roll for it? You can also do which that, layer yeah. you're going to go to? Right, Exactly. So what do we have for the fourth layer of the Nine Hells? We have the Archdevil's Gambit, which is a level 13 and up adventure. Untangle the mess surrounding powerful devils in the middle of the pain and pleasure of politics. Yep. Sounds pretty apt. Sounds pretty that's Sounds a, pretty awesome. That's a pretty solid intro to the uh, second part of the show. Well, then th- there you go. There you, I I segue. You segue. 
without even realizing that I just like I do it so naturally. Segue ever. Um, they they're gonna write books about me one day. I'll call you smooth segue, Sergio. Indeed, they are. Can we can we get back to hell now? It's bound to be better than that. <laughs> Welcome back as we discuss the the phlogiston. Is that what it is? The phlegethos. Phlegethos. That's what it is. Um, I I would much rather travel in the phlegiston than, <laughs> than in the fourth level or the what fourth. What if it was yeah. in a volcano? Okay. Yeah. No, I don't. Phlegiston. Uh, I, you know, space space is the place. I don't know what to tell you. You're right. But well, you we are, are not going, in space. Yeah, you're going to tell us about something called the Pit of Flames. Yes. Yeah, it's a little little bay place, little thing. Uh, Pit of Flames is the literal personification of hell, uh, pain, torture, and pleasure. Um, it's kind of where all of that blurs together and leaves you unable to tell where one ends and the other begins. Um, it's the this is the volcanic center of the plane uh, where there's a massive boiling lake of filth sending columns of flames blasting into the air like white hot geysers. They're just spewing flames so intense that even, you know, flame proof devils, um, you know, those that are immune to fire, even can't endure the pain of these flames. That's pretty hot. Yeah, no, it's not the run of the mill. Oh, fire's hot. Um, this is actual hellfire. Like, it, oh, it, that's that's why then. The, yeah, it it the type. You didn't say it was hellfire. Oh, I keep singing the song "Hellfire" from the Hunchback of Notre Dame in my head now because of it. My kids had it stuck in his head for a hot minute, and I've been listening to it. Um, so it's it's the type of um heat that gets its power from the actual powers of the nine hills themselves like so from the entirety of it um it it causes this um unimaginable pain and torment to anyone that you know touches it or is bathed in it Um, suspended above giant columns of hellfire are these uh giant iron balls um, they're kept up on cantilevered beams, um, the maintenance of which is a, a shared thing among the uh, archdukes and rulers, or archdevils and rulers um, of the different layers. It's kind of like their their payment to the subscription service of using these as storage for devils that are being punished. Okay, so yeah, so they all sort of like pay in and so they all can use it yeah 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 exactly they all kind of contribute to its maintenance and it's it running smoothly as though it's supposed to it's essentially prison and torture pit all wrapped into one yeah how lovely that's kind of kind of wrapped in there um the ocelus um with the exception of pit fiends uh could send or condemn devils that had broken batorian law to the pit of flame 
devils of all layers could send disobedient servants or those that you know were failures to them uh here for discipline and even the uh big guy himself top dog even as... yes no tribal chief what i'm a no, i don't like Roman you just Reigns. like saying, oh, okay. I was like, are you just saying words <laughs> at this point? I don't understand your Hex references. Hex Star knows what I'm talking about. I'm sure, and maybe even Darkwing, and anyone else out there. Anybody who's a fan else of the that pro, is not the pro wrestling. Uh, okay, that is not me. Probably, Acknowledge Asmodeus. Acknowledge him. Asmodeus, the big guy himself. Asmodeus the was known to send a banana. I don't know that I would call him. I mean, tell you, calling him Top Banana will definitely get you sent to the to the giant I'm, iron this balls. Is, that is, yeah, you, that's how the you're giant iron balls of hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in the giant iron balls of hell. Okay, just remember that when you call Asmodeus the big banana. It's like, um, uh, so what'd you do? It's like, ah, oh, man, I, I was supposed to corrupt at least a thousand souls by second quarter. And, you know, I only got to like 800. What about you? Like, uh, I, I called Asmodeus uh, the top banana. <laughs> oh, wow. You're going to oh, be in here for a while, buddy. For years. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that you're ever getting out. Years at a time for torture. Years at a time. It is one of the most feared punishments in all of Bator. Uh, the sort of threat one does not say or take very lightly. However... Um, there are also those that expose themselves to the flames here in the pit of flames um, intentionally. Why? Yeah, I would, why? Why would they do I that? I would assume you would ask that. <laughs> well, like, what the, why are you, you crazy? Just, you just talked about how it's one of the most feared punishments in, in all, mm-hmm, of, in all mm-hmm, of hell, in all mm-hmm, of the nine mm-hmm, layers mm-hmm. of hell. Yes, this is where they send people or send those that are in hell devils if you mess up devils that are in hell if you mess up and you break the laws there this is where you get punished for that it's like, like if, the next layer if you are a bad the punishment devil, parfait <laughs> and so and so you just finished explaining all that <laughs> and then the next thing you said is like oh but there are some that like to do this on purpose and you well, were I mean, we're not going to ask why. We're not going to say, well, hey, Mary, Lord, Mistress Mary, what's the deal with that? I wonder. Right, I know. It sounds a little insane, even for devils, which are kind of notoriously insane. Um, I'll tell you. I will tell you why. They did this to prove themselves or to gain, you know, mental or uh, testicular fortitude. Okay, okay. Some did it to build up their resilience and their strength against these things. Others bathed in it to purify themselves as a atonement or for redemption while others did it because of the sheer pain of the ecstasy nope switch that ecstasy of the pain it caused man i wish i could talk today that'd be great i mean i'm not gonna even a devil i'm not gonna yuck anyone's yuck. No, absolutely not if that's you know you enjoy your hellfire sir um <laughs> it's not for me but then again i'm not one to judge no 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 no. i am not uh i am not i am not 16 feet tall and 20 feet wide that is right that is accurate (laughs) 
So uh, the uh, the Barbazoos that are working here as guards were also known to take the occasional bribe. Um, no. Oh, I know. I know you're shocked and appalled. Um, they they were known to maybe maybe hold somebody a little longer than their sentence if someone slipped them, you know, whatever it is they wanted bribed with. I reckon. Um, thousands, though of uh, Cornugans ensured that the judgment and punishments handed out were enacted and they kept anybody and everybody from escaping even pushing much larger devils into cages to make sure that they stay put and they get to have their turn too so you it's might you might be able to keep someone in there longer than they're supposed to but there's no way of getting out sooner than you're supposed to exactly all right, all right. You're staying put until you're let go. So this pit is also used as a way to promote and demote devils. So the fires here burn them away, essentially, testing their worth. And some would occasionally emerge, you know, promoted or deemed worthy to have a higher station. And the others that were not would, you know either be demoted or completely just melted away i mean that's not only do you like get a pay cut but your so your flesh is melted away apparently so no you're just kind of just destroyed like ruined oh cool you uh burned me away and now i am worse off and now i gotta work weekends oh no weekends and the night shift it's that swing shift the worst those like turnaround shifts where you close one night and then have to open the the next uh-huh. day oh yeah. i i am familiar i uh. worked in the industry speaking of hell ambrioc <laughs> is ruled that is my favorite segue i've ever done and monitored by gazra and my brain kept reading this as garza and i was like that's just someone's name yeah that's like that's my cousin's na- name right i was like I, I probably know at least three i know several garzas right they all seem pretty cool pretty chill they seem cool no no this is gazra and his army that is a uh, five thousand uh hamantulas strong now what is a hamantula because when you say that i immediately think a giant pig with spider legs that's interesting <laughs> Hey, hold up. Let me go pull up the picture so I can get you. But the but the Gazra, that's how like how typical of D and D is just to like switch a few letters to like of a of a oh yeah someone's name. Create him, right? My name after this guy. I ran I ran a campaign once where um the the PC party their handler they're an Uh assassins uh, guild their handler was named Oigris. And they never realized that it's just, it was my name backwards. They just thought, they're like, oh, Oigris, that sounds fantasy. That sounds D&D. Cool. Let's go. That is beautiful. That's like the whole, um, you smash the keyboard and delete a certain number of letters and then put spaces in and apostrophes and you've got fantasy names. Yeah. So as much as I hate to disappoint you, a matchla is not a bacon spider that's not what we're doing here um they're also known as barbed devils 
they're they're far less entertaining than what you picture oh and yeah it, just the barb devil that's all they are oh, yeah that's I, just I know the what barb a barb devil. devil is yeah yeah but they got a name that made me picture not pig spiders but you know man and tarantula like a male version of a strider kind of like if someone shipped uh charlotte and um the pig's name wilbur wilbur <laughs> so when someone shipped them and gave birth to a hamantula so gazra has his army of five thousand right. he's got sp- five thousand not spider pig spider pigs um while he doesn't rule Legethos, he does oversee the first four layers of bator with his army um, he ensures that there is no serious corruption among its officers. A um, little bit of corruption is okay. Silly corruption, but no serious corruption. Yeah, no serious corruption. Is, not that, is that, that serious yet. corruption? No, just 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 silly. No, corruption we're being silly. Pretty much. So uh, he also makes sure that petitioners who attempt to flee or um, you know turncoats that try to run away are caught and very swiftly dealt with. Um, Gazra is not the kind of guy that is real hands-on with his army, but he is the kind of guy that is real hands-on and kind of helicoptery with those guys that are among the army. So he's just, you know, one step off. Let's his guys do their job, but very tight reins on them. Um, he constantly is surrounded by a guard of 20 of these non-spider pigs. Um, it's always 20. Um, if one dies, another immediately replaces them, which I found interesting that that's the number, that's the hill that they're going to die on. Always 20. Never more, <laughs> never less. Always 20. So his guards and soldiers um, also protect the city from prying eyes by seeking out those attempting to learn more about uh, Abramok's inner workings. According to the Plains of Law, you know, the Bator book, Additional Hamantula patrol the Pit Fiend's castle in the city of Abramok, seeking out those who shouldn't be there. When they find them, the poor sods who were spying about the place find out more than they ever wanted to know. For example, they learn that the Inquisitors in the prisons under Gazra's palace know some exquisite tricks with fire, and they can wring screams from even the driest throats. Oh, those spider pigs. Silly spider. What aren't they capable of? Flying. There's no wings. I mean, they swing about on their webs as if, <laughs> as if in flight. I bet they're not aerodynamic. And you just get that ring. They fly <laughs> through the air. It's always terrified. They never quite get used to it. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. What in the name of the nine hells was that sound? It's the Hamantulas. Like- and that would be more terrifying, I feel, to see that. <laughs> you know what? Oh, uh, the homebrew my brain is trying to create. I was going to say, like, uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics has, like, a strong, uh, like, pedigree of, of, like, of monsters of bestiary um, uh-huh. that don't necessarily, like, you know, they don't have creatures like, you know, like, um, that, like, like D&D does where you can sort of, like, you know, plug them right. in like if you mm-hmm. played it a module more often than not it's a, com- a completely unique monster oh okay and so like i i 
gotta incorporate some kind of spider you gotta pig. do it you gotta do it we gotta know about it yeah you've said it it's on record it's recorded for posterity it's going to the library of congress sure <laughs> so with all of that being said um so gasper does not rule legathos it is ruled by a father and daughter pair that are allowed to rule together uh belial is the most handsome arch devil that's how he's described he's tall at about 10 feet or three meters um and is the he's the figure of masculine beauty tall dark uh sensual his royal clothing leaving very little to the imagination um also not much of it there not a lot of clothing there but right. it is hot down there so i mean i get it yeah for sure yeah you don't want to be like layered up right um so he's kind of the kind of the depiction of like raw masculine sexuality and carnal promises of the most stereotypical and downright hot devil type pretty much that stereotype i mean you pair this though with a mesmerizing civility and charm that he wields as easily as if it were a weapon um and he's a force to be reckoned with some describe him as having ashy black skin while others say it's uh, red and he is said to have shiny black tail wings and a pair of horns um just below the hairline which are a family trait that his daughter fierna shares and it doesn't seem to detract from his overall existence. i mean it's like yeah it's it's you know his persona it's like uh like owen wilson's like broken nose like, you know it adds to his whole, the whole charm thing about him, you know i'm have you looked at the picture below <laughs> I need you to look that up and then also do a side-by-side -side for yourself of Owen Wilson. Just play along just for S's and G's. Um, like so I, substantial difference. I mean... What you, what, I they, could see it. Is that what they, you were going to say? I would say, like, they, they... I'm not saying they look alike, but it's, you know... Ah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. uh... That, the parallels are there. The parallels sure are it. there. Sure. I'm sure of it. Okay. Okay. So... Belial is a vain and mesmerizing being who delights in using domination and manipulation to achieve his ends. Uh, he is a charming and confident and lustful. He's said to have an equally insatiable lust for violence and the, uh, the feeling of blood on his skin as he does for pleasure and for pain. Uh, despite these passions and proclivities, he is also extremely intelligent. He is well-spoken and experienced in understanding all of the logistics of playing political games. Um, he doesn't let uh, the pleasure aspect of his being obscure, his logical, like his views and being logical. His daughter, Fierna, um, who is also his partner in Ruling Plane, is absolutely just like him. Extremely attractive. This dark, stunning seductress stands about six feet tall is a uh, statuesque frame and is also very scantily clad in her finely made clothing which contributes to her being the very image of you know perversion and feminine seduction and indecency 
the chip off the old block. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> She's described as the kind of archdevil whose eyes contain implicit promises of pleasure dancing in their flames. But as we all know, if you play with fire, you are going to inevitably get burned. Um, as Fierna is well known for having a very, very short fuse and literally bursting into flames uh, whenever she's enraged. Interesting. So, kind of like Katie Kaboom from Animaniacs. Absolutely a very strange and deep pool reference. <gasps> I'm here for it. Uh... Um, what's more, she is also easily moved to bloodthirsty rage, so it's not uncommon. Oh, yeah, it'd be more strange if it was like, but it takes a lot to get her there. Like, she usually doesn't do that. I would be like, what? That's okay. That's kind of weird. She got pushed to get here. Right. Like, no, like, she's she's very much like just kind of like, like, she intentionally like, uh, like puts herself in positions so so that she could, like, you know, unleash that, that bloodthirsty rage. Oh, absolutely. And so she's she's kind of portrayed as like a bratty party girl, um, but is actually anything but. She's just as brilliant and manipulative as the others, as the other archdevils. Uh, she is said to maybe even rival Asmodeus himself. Ooh. Um, she wields her sex appeal and sensuality as a weapon, uh, using it to control both mortals and immortals alike. And uh, she knows how to pull strings expertly and play political games as well um but initially that didn't hold any interest to her um she was cool to just use her station to indulge in any and all debauchery that she pleased and to uh have all the luxurious comforts that that afforded to her she just wants to party just wants to party um this kind of changed later though when she began to take on a more grown approach decided it was in time to kind of enter the world of power plays and diabolical schemes, um, all that. But if you want to hear more in depth about these two rulers, you'll have to join Patreon as it will be a little bit of a bonus to this episode. The old Patron Plus installment. Yes, sir. Hey, you can go to patreon.com slash lorecast. We do a couple of Patron Plus installments every month as well as mm-hmm. a monthly bonus episode. Yep. It's uh, I mean, if you if you enjoy the content and want to support the show, it's, it's a win-win, I, I feel. It is. It's a, uh, it's a win-win-win. So thank you so much for listening uh, as we traverse the nine hells. Mm-hmm. Very carefully. We, it's hot. Very, very carefully. We don't want to, you know, draw the ire of any of the devils that may um that may house or may inhabit any or of the these air, planes. apparently. Yeah, or even the air. Apparently the air will kill you. The air is yeah, the air is fire and the, yeah, um, the devils ground don't is get lava. You, the air certainly will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we'll be back next week with another episode, some more lore to that more you know, more lore than you can shake a stick at. It's true. I mean, you could, but that just seems really rude. Don't do shake that. sticks at lore. They, be nice never, to the lore. Yeah, be nice to the lore. They have the. They just. They just want to be. Uh, they just out here trying to trying to make it, just like the rest of us, homie. Just like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again for listening. My name is Sergio, and I am Mary. 
fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thank you for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, consider following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at D&D Lorecast. Or jumping into the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll see you soon. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast.